1: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready, are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com.
3: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. With me is Charles W. Punkin Bryant. Yeah, doing his cheeks. That's how you know I'm in the hizzy. That's that's twice right there, Coolio. Uh-huh. This is double good luck. Okay. Well, good. Then this should probably be a uh, pretty good podcast. Which means we are doomed. Yes. Josh, before we get going, can I uh, just mention
4: a little TV show coming up? Uh, the Road to Punkin' Chunkin'. And punkin chunkin itself. Naturally. Yeah. Yeah. And that Josh is uh, Thanksgiving night if you're bored after your turkey on the Science Channel. Uh-huh. Starting at, 8 at PM eight Eastern time, right? Yeah. So uh insert clever intro. Chuck, have you ever been a hostage? <laughs> uh,
3: no. Nor have I. I would remember that, I think. <laughs> I'll bet you would. Yeah. Have you ever seen Inside Man? Uh, no. Was that which one was that? Uh Denzel. No, I didn't see that. Clive Owen? I wanted to. Dude, that is... Is it? In my opinion, I haven't seen Dog Day Afternoon, but I think it's the greatest hostage movie ever made. You haven't seen Dog Day Afternoon? No, Chuck. I'm not 70 like you. Oh, I
4: forgot that they burned all the copies in 1985 (laughs) when
3: you were born. In the Great uh, Fire, started (laughs) by Al
4: Pacino. (laughs) (laughs) hoo Dog Day Afternoon was gold. You should check it out. I will check it out. You know, a hundred-year-old movie.
3: No, I'm sure it's good. That was Pacino at his prime. Sure. Yeah, before he just went absolutely nuts. Yeah. Um, well, okay. Neither one of us has been a hostage. Or but, seen each other's movies. Right. But, no, we've both seen war games. Oh, yeah, true. Uh, but, uh, I can imagine that if either one of us were a hostage, mm-hmm. there would be a hostage negotiator outside. Right. I, I would be dead pretty soon, I think, if I were a hostage. There's a, a pizza delivery person could have delivered that, that segue better than me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In 30 minutes or less.
4: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Josh... Let's talk about hostage negotiation. I can't say that word. Negotiations. Negotiations. <laughs> yes, chocolates. It is. Uh, there's a few things going on. Usually, the hostage taker is uh, want something. They want yeah. Money, or they want to free their uh, brothers that are political prisoners,
3: mm-hmm. or um, they want safe passage, or something like that. Right. Or they want you know some country to stop some policy it sure, has. Sure. Sure. You know. And uh,
4: usually, the target of the hostage taker is. Not the hostage, but some other third party. Yeah, and um, yeah, but we'll get we'll get to the exception on that. Okay, good. I was
3: I was chomping at the bit right I there. I know. There uh,
4: finally, they are uh, hostages are usually only bargaining chips that have symbolic value. Right. So like those, those, those for the example,
3: uh, the 1972 Olympic Games in Munich. Yes. Uh, the hostages there had some serious symbolic value. They were um, Israeli athletes. Yep and uh what kind of uh what kind of terrorists
4: well them? the target was the israeli government clearly not the athletes they were the pawn the symbolic
3: pawn much like in the 1972 olympics in munich the right. hostage crisis that happened there over what a 24 hour period sure um a bunch of uh, palestinian terrorists took uh some israeli athletes hostage and they were targeting israel yeah so these were very symbolic pawns, I guess as you'd put them. Right. Did you see Munich? Did you see oh Munich? God, that's a good movie. Yeah, man, that was a good one. Uh
4: and so Josh, now we can move on to the phases of a hostage situation.
3: Okay. Uh, the initial phase. So Chuck, yes. Alright, let's let's dramatize this a little bit. Okay. The initial phase. Yeah. We're just a group of people hanging out in say a bank. Sure. We'll do a bank. Sure. And then all of a sudden a bunch of guys come through the door kicking off what's known as the initial phase, <laughs> right? Like you said already, right? And what's the initial
4: phase, Chuck? It is a initial uh, stage of panic and uh, violence, Usually, where they yeah. subdue the hostages, and uh, it's it's very um, chaotic. So during the
3: initial phase, they come in, everybody get on the floor, right? Right, and then they bar the doors, and sure. uh, the initial phase is very brief, right? Did you like my machine gun? Yeah,
4: that was good. Yeah. Uh, then comes the negotiation phase. And that's when uh, Johnny Law comes on the scene and that's generally called the standoff phase.
3: Right. And this is almost always the longest phase of a hostage situation. Yeah, this is when all the negotiation is taking place. This which is when we'll get to. they send in pizza boxes with little cameras and right. people are, have to pee and sure. uh the, the negotiators saying if there's a pregnant woman in there, let her out. That right, kind of right, stuff. Right. Right. This right?
4: is when people have to pee.
3: <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. And then the final phase is the,
4: the termination phase, and uh, you got a f- few different results that can happen here. Um, either the hostage takers surrender, and they're arrested, or the police uh, kind of mount an assault and kill them or arrest them, mm-hmm. or their
3: demands are granted, and they get away. Uh, yeah, and the second one is actually what happened, actually a combination of uh, two and three is what happened in, in Munich, uh, as anybody who's seen the movie knows. Um, The West German police are like, we can't take these guys. We need to let them think that they're actually going to escape and get them to the airport. Right. All the hostages were killed along with a pilot and a police officer. Uh, And uh, the rest of the, um, the hostage takers, the Palestinian terrorists... Uh, were killed except for three who were captured. Right. It was a bloodbath, basically. Well, I thought they were hunted down later. Isn't that what Munich was about? The people who engineered it... Oh, okay. ...were supposedly hunted down later by the Mossad. Right. Eric Bana. Yes, who is just clearly Mossad material. Yeah. The Australian Mossad.
4: Um, So, yeah, those are the three phases. And um, during the second phase is when the
3: uh, negotiator comes on the scene. Right. And... um, If you've ever seen the movie The Negotiator, you're clearly disappointed. Uh (laughs) Um, But there was uh, something that is uh, very characteristic of hostage negotiation, and that is it's a very important point that the hostage negotiator not be the uh, lead commander on the scene. Right. And why, Chuck? Well,
4: because – well, for a couple of reasons. One is that the negotiator doesn't need to be multitasking right then. They need to have all their focus – on talking to and talking down the hostage taker. That's one reason.
3: That's part of it. They also, um, one, of, one of the great tactics that uh, hostage negotiators use is um, to stall, and they prolong the situation. That seems like the main tactic. Right. It's just to buy time. One of the, one of the tactics they use to create that tactic um, is to say, well, I can't make that call. I've got to talk to somebody else. Um, and if it's common knowledge that the hostage negotiator actually is commanding the scene then that doesn't really work right they'll say uh well you can pull the trigger on that because you're the boss exactly and they're like no 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 don't use that phrase
4: right that's in every movie every single hostage movie is that scene where they go well i just can't give you a 747 full of uh, gold bars dude i got to get clearance from fort knox and that's going <laughs> to take at least a day right. so you might want to lower your demands which is actually another reason
3: they stall is to try and Chip away at the, um, the demands. Right. So the, the negotiator's on the scene and he's trying to prolong the situation. Like you said, um, they're trying to lessen the demands. They're also, um, by, they also stall and prolong the situation by, um, getting the hostage takers to focus on some minute and really unimportant details. Yeah, I like this. They try to derail them. So like the 747, what kind of 747 do you want? Is it okay if it was built before 1998? Right. Because we've got some that are built after that, but then they have this seating arrangement, and that might be a problem for you. And and all of a sudden, you're distracting the hostage taker from the crisis at hand. Right. And And he's thinking uh, about... What kind of seven forty seven he exactly. wants,
4: you know? I could just see the the guy putting his hand over the thing and going, "What kind of plane do we want?" He's asking about seat configurations. I have no idea.
3: Right, exactly. So all of a sudden they hang up, and then you've bought some time. Right, and and not only um, not every hostage taker wants a seven forty seven, but this can also be applied to even more minute details, like what do you want on your pizza? You know, well, I mean, do you really want bell pepper? because you're getting onion already, and sometimes it's too crunchy. I imagine there's a point where if you're talking to a hostage taker and you try the bell pepper-onion combo mm-hmm. to stall, they're going to pick up on what you're doing.
4: Or if they've read this article or ever ever seen a hostage
3: movie. Sure, that's another good Then point. they would probably be wise to say, it sounds to me like you're trying to buy some time here. Right. Bang. And bang, Indeed. Uh, which is what the hostage negotiator does not want to happen.
4: No, that's number two on their list. One is to prolong it, and, uh, while, while they're prolonging it, we should mention that they're, uh, trying to get information, as much information as possible on who the person is, uh, how many there are, what frame of mind they're in, right. if they're unstable, if they're violent. Um, any kind of clue that can, that can help him out.
3: Right, because a, uh, a hostage negotiator is going to talk differently. They're not going to try that bell pepper onion thing. Right. On like a very cool calculated Clive Owens type. No. But it, they it might on that. somebody who's like just out of his mind crazy because sure. his wife is leaving him. Right. Which is actually the most common hostage situation is a, uh, domestic dispute. That's turned into some guy with a gun barricading he and his family right. in their
4: home. Yeah, you usually think of the big movie scenario with uh, some foreign enemy taking all these people hostage. But it's usually just a, a, a regular old domestic scene. And, and the worst ones, man, the worst ones are those you see on the news where you see some dude's got a baby acting as a human shield. Who does that? You've never seen that? No. Oh, man, it's, it's the worst. Watch some of those cop shows. Those true crime shows. A baby
3: is a human shield? Yeah, Do they it have shows like a, a
4: gun to the baby. These guys, face? it's like the dad is out of his mind and uh, on drugs or something, and he'll have his baby, and it's just, it's the worst thing in the world to watch unfold. Wow. Very disturbing. I'll bet. In fact, don't go see that, Josh. Okay. That'll keep you up at night.
3: I bet it will.
0: Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today.
2: Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. That's right. You can unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, the most advanced
1: features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories.
2: And when you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to state-of-the-art technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything.
1: That's right. Anniversary savings await you for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals. That's D-E-L-L dot com slash deals.
4: So uh, that is the the most common type of thing is domestic. Uh, But back to the safety of the hostages, that's number two on the list of the negotiators to keep everyone in there alive. Right. I would think it'd technically be number one. Well, prolonging the situation, I think, leads to number one. So they're kind of tied.
3: Right. So um, what you want to do if you're a negotiator and you are chipping away at demands. First of all, you're trying to get the 747 out the window or the gold bars from Fort Knox. Sure. But you're really trying to get to the heart of what what does this guy want? He wants a 747 and he wants gold bars. Well, he wants to escape mm-hmm. and he wants some money. Right. So maybe it can be dealt with on a lesser level. But first, right. let's get you some food in there. But to get you some food, I need a hostage. You right. want to get as many hostages out as possible. Number one, to ensure the safety of the hostages, as you said. Right. But number two, for if it, when when an assault comes, If it does come, there's a lot fewer hostages in there that the police need to not shoot. Right. You know? Plus the hostage, did you just say this? The hostage can turn,
4: if they release someone who's like ill or pregnant, they can give them information, insider Mm -hmm. information.
3: Right. Like even to create an even uh, more distinct psychological profile, that kind of thing. Right, right.
4: Yeah. I like the fact that you were talking about the um, lessening the demands. Like, uh, we can't get you a 747 and gold bars. And it really, I could see that throwing the hostage taker into a tizzy if all of a sudden... They have to decide, well, will you take a helicopter and a cashier's check?
3: That kind of thing. Right, yeah. Well, know. actually, I hadn't thought of that before, uh, right. but yes, It'll yes, a I safe will. way to go. Will you yeah. endorse it beforehand? <laughs> right, yeah. Let's go to the bank. Oh, I'm in a bank. Awesome. Yes. Bring me that <laughs>
4: cashier's check, please. So, uh, number three on their list is, uh, to keep everything calm.
3: You don't want to upset a hostage, uh, taker. No. You want to keep everything nice and chill, especially following the initial phase, that initial assault. The guy's all jacked up on like adrenaline. Sure, he's a little crazy. All of a sudden, it's starting to sink in. If he accidentally took hostages, it's starting to sink in. Like, oh my god, I'm, I am a hostage taker now. Right, this is a little nuts. Right. So you want to keep the guy calm, or the guys, or the gals calm, especially if it was a, uh, a Biter Meinhof experiment. <laughs> No idea what that is. Uh, it's actually the um, there's a movie out called the the Bader Meinhof Complex, I think. Really? Uh, and they actually introduced terrorism to the Western world. Wow! It was a group of Germans. Look at you, German radicals. It's Kevin Spacey. Basically, it? bored kids that really? introduced things like skyjacking and stuff like that. They were crazy. Crazy. Uh, so,
4: Josh, the uh, the fourth thing, and this was my favorite one actually. One of the goals of the hostage negotiator is to um, get the hostage taker and the hostages to work together, to give them some task where they have to interact, like yeah. uh, delivering the pizza. So send out um your your uh, most agreeable hostage mm-hmm. to uh, that you trust the most to get the pizza and bring it in. So all of a sudden the hostage taker has to talk to the hostages mm-hmm. and say, hey, we need you to go and get the pizza because we can't go within the, the sniper range. And the more you get them interacting, the more chance that the hostage taker sees the hostage as a human. Right. Instead there, of just blindfolding them and putting them in the corner.
3: Right, or in shooting them in the head. Well, yeah, that too. There was uh, actually a a very famous case of that in 1975 some hostage takers took over um a subway train or a train in Holland mm-hmm. and uh, a guy named Robert De Groot was about to be executed Chuck and Apparently they allowed him to pray first. Yeah. And they heard him praying for his wife and children. And they got them so bad that they just couldn't execute the guy. So they actually fake executed him. Right. Uh, the standoff continued and when it came time to execute more hostages, they didn't give him a chance to pray and just actually executed him. Yeah.
4: And I'm sure they pushed him off the train and he rolled down the hill and like faked like he was dead. Right. And I'm sure the rest of the hostages were like, thanks, Bob. Yeah, right. The now, group! Now we don't even, not only can we not pray, but we're getting a bullet in the head.
3: Yeah, and I was thinking about that. Like, this is, you feel so removed from it. The weird thing about being a hostage is, like, no one plans on being a hostage. It just happens all of a sudden. Sure. And imagine dying on a train on some track in Holland by being executed by some hostage taker during a standoff. <laughs> what a crap way to die. I know. You're right on the money there, brother. Yeah. So, Chuck, I think, uh, I think it's pretty damn pretentious of us to have not brought up Stockholm syndrome yet, don't you? Yeah, go ahead. Identifying with your captor. Yeah, it actually, uh, came out of a bank robbery in, I think, 1980 or 81, uh-huh. um, in Stockholm, uh, appropriately enough. And, uh, this, this bank robber's plan just kind of went to crap and I've been, like, using pseudo bad, bad words, words all day. Yeah, it's stupid. Weird. This bank robber's plan kind of went to pot. Uh-huh. And uh, all of a sudden, he was a hostage taker, right? Well, the standoff continued, and uh, strangely enough, the hostages started helping him. They were serving as lookouts. They were giving him advice on how to escape and right. how to deal with the negotiator and all that. And that's kind of odd if you think about it. So, why would why would people suffer this? What they call Stockholm syndrome.
4: Well, there's a lot of uh, psychological reasons for it. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah? Th- yeah, defense mechanism, uh, coping. Coping uh, type of thing.
3: Well, yeah. If you feel powerless in a situation like that, you go to whoever has the power. And when you're a hostage, your hostage taker has the power. Yeah. And the other thing it mentioned, too, is that if
4: you're not killed and there are other hostages are killed, you feel such a sense of relief that can actually morph into sympathy.
3: It's kind of like, uh, remember, we did the brainwashing uh, podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Good one.
4: Thanks. Uh, You want to talk about countries and uh, some famous Uh, non-negotiating countries. Yeah. Do you remember the
3: 80s? It was like planes were getting hijacked everywhere, all over the place.
4: Uh Bader meinhof Yes, the the United States, uh, Russia, and Israel are all very well-known for having a non-negotiating policy with uh, hostage-takers
3: and terrorists. Uh, France had the opposite. It didn't work out for them, though. No, it didn't. France became uh, very quickly a target um, for hostage-taking because France would apparently be like, what do you want? Ha, ha, ha. Right.
4: <laughs> and apparently sometimes, and this doesn't surprise me, the uh, countries that refuse, quote-unquote, refuse to negotiate, mm-hmm. there might be some secret negotiations that happen that they never let out because that would destroy their front that they won't negotiate.
3: Right. And France also apparently had a little problem with... um forming agreements with hostage takers and then the hostage takers would break the agreements which is crazy can you believe it what a bunch of louse so there is a there is an equilibrium chuck loves equilibrium but there is an equilibrium between not negotiating at all and over negotiating And i think that's what you're talking about it's kind of like negotiating on the down low and never talking about it right and then hunting the people down who did this and murdering them. Right. (laughs) So, Chuck, let's talk about what happens when you just absolutely refuse to negotiate, as we've seen actually in the 21st century, sadly enough, twice in Russia.
4: Yeah, a couple of uh, famous occurrences there with uh, the Muslim uh, Chechen separatists. Mm -hmm. In 2002, they took over a theater in Russia, threatened to blow it up, and so the Russians go in.
3: and Under who? uh, Who was it? Putin, you think? Oh, okay. The guy who wrestles tigers with his shirt off in front of news cameras, <laughs> right. don't you? Doesn't that bear his hallmark?
4: Yeah, they decided to storm the theater and uh, send in some knockout gas instead of negotiating, and they ended up killing all—I don't know if it was all of them—but 129
3: hostages died. 129 people from the knockout gas. From the
4: knockout gas.
3: That's not knockout gas. That's death gas. I think that's what you mean by knockout. I don't think so. They no. just don't want to call it death gas. Maybe so. I'm, my eyes are open now because I right. didn't realize that was a euphemism. Uh, the other one, Josh,
4: was really, really sad. I remember this one well. Yeah, me too. In '04, when the same uh, Chechen separatist invaded an elementary school with guns and bombs and uh, locked themselves up in a gym. And uh, refri- uh, Russia would not negotiate, and 300 of the hostages were killed. Yeah. That was awful.
3: And half of them were kids.
4: Yeah. When they blew up the gymnasium. Yeah, it was terrible.
3: Listen up, Putin.
4: Yeah, but you maintain your toughness. Right, We're not going to negotiate. Just kill the kids. Yeah.
0: Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today.
2: Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. That's right. You can unleash more
1: possibilities with cutting-edge systems, the most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories.
2: And when you shop online at Dell.com deals, you'll have access to state-of-the-art technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. That's right.
1: Anniversary savings await you for a limited time only at Dell.com deals. That's D-E-L-L dot com slash deals. Okay, so Chuck, you, you
3: you okay there? Yeah, I'm good. A little riled up, but Let, I'm good. Let's talk about a hostage uh, situation that actually went relatively well, at least compared to um, Russia. Yeah, go ahead and hit it. And I know what you're going to talk about. Well, there is a uh, very famous incident at Prince's Gate. Uh, in London, in April 1980, uh-huh. um, members of the Democratic Revolutionary Movement for the Liberation of Arabistan. They might want to change that name. It's, it's not a, a, even it's a, a mouthful, acronym. isn't it? Yeah. Basically, Arabistan is an Iranian province, uh, and the group wanted to liberate it, clearly. Sure. Um, and they were Democrats, I guess. Maybe. But there were, tw- they were, uh, I think 20 of them, and they took, no, there were six of them. And they took 26 hostages at the U.S. Embassy in London at Prince's Gate. Yeah. So there was a uh, a standoff that lasted quite a while. Um, The hostage negotiator did this by the book, uh, kept the uh, hostage takers focused on details like what kind of food do you want, that kind of thing. Um, I'm thinking Thai. Yeah. I'm in the mood for Thai. (laughs) I could go for a nice um, curry buna. Yeah. That sounds good. That's Indian, though. That's good stuff, by the way, if you've ever had it. <laughs> I'll try it. Um, they actually did execute one hostage, but the other hostages apparently reported that yeah. this guy um, decided to get into a debate over uh, Islam. With Iranian terrorists, yeah, which yeah, you don't, don't do in a hostage yeah, situation. Keep so your mouth
4: shut if you're a hostage.
3: The uh, negotiator actually did manage to get the release of uh, two ill hostages. Um, maybe one of them was pregnant. Sometimes right. we replace ill with pregnant, which I don't understand. And they got info from them. Yeah. And so basically, uh, the one thing that really wasn't by the book was that the um, the SAS, got the, which is the Special Forces in Great Britain. Yeah, they're bad, dude. They are bad. Uh, I have a friend who's in that. Really? Yeah. I can't say his name here. Okay. Um, they uh, got the hostage negotiator to talk to the um, hostage takers on the phone right before the assault, knowing the assault was coming as a distraction. Right. They that eat. doesn't happen much.
4: Not usually. And why? Because they don't let the negotiator in on this kind of information because they think that they would compromise the job just through maybe even inflection or tone of their voice. They would give it away, right? On well, purpose, of course.
3: No, no, certainly not. Yeah. Um, very few hostage negotiators experience Stockholm syndrome. I imagine <laughs> that'd be a bad negotiator. Yeah, definitely. I just mentally crumble at the first sign sure. of trouble. Uh, but this—it actually paid off. The hostage negotiator cut the the um, lead guy away from right. the window, and the SAS stormed the building. Boom. Two tap, I imagine. Five of the guys and arrest the sixth.
4: Yeah, not bad. And yeah. I think they only lost one other hostage. Uh, out of the 26, which is not bad.
3: No, but I mean, if you storm a building in a hostage situation, it's like, well, yeah, that guy lost his life and another guy lost his life. Right. But it's like, yeah, but that's actually a really good percentage, I would imagine. Sure. I mean, I wonder what, well, I I would guess the uh, 2004 Russian standoff is probably a bit as bad as it can get. Yeah, I would say so.
4: Yeah. Uh, one thing we mentioned there that I thought was pretty interesting was you mentioned the Stockholm syndrome, but... That is actually a tactic that the negotiator will use, sort of, sort of a good cop, bad cop thing. Uh, they'll get on the phone, or what, however they're communicating, and say, yeah, you know, I actually, they'll try and relate to them. I kind of see where you're coming from. I understand this police captain does not understand where you're coming right, from. yeah. And he wants to mow you down. Right. So talk to me, man, yeah. and we'll work it out between us. Chuck, you would make an would, excellent hostage negotiator. I just realized that.
3: I wish I had a hostage I could give to you right now.
4: <laughs> that was good. Oh, I'd just offer you a six pack and you'd throw down your gun and <laughs> see all over. Pretty much in some smokes. But, uh, that's a pretty cool, uh, trick there. I like that. Of course. So. Again, this is straight out of the movies. So if any hostage taker has ever seen any of these films and they should be one step ahead of the negotiator. I would think so. I would think so too.
3: Um, there's another, um, example of not going by the book that i wanted to uh mention what's that uh in in 1975 at the u.s consulate in kuala lumpur malaysia um there was there was a hostage situation and uh apparently the japanese red army or members of the japanese red army um attacked the consulate and took hostages so the, the terrorists actually called the uh the authorities to Tell them that they had the hostages, and some junior officer at the at 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 the embassy elsewhere in the embassy picked up the phone, and from that point on, for the rest of the standoff, they wouldn't talk to anybody else but this junior officer. Wow, yeah, who was not a trained hostage negotiator, (laughs) and it's just like, oh God. Well, he probably has an earwig in the other ear, (laughs) right? Well, no, there was a a negotiator on the scene, like coaching, uh, coaching the junior officer but yeah
4: yeah i also saw in the article where there's um there's always a second a secondary negotiator on hand yeah. because sometimes they freeze yeah, sure because you're basically improv you got to be quick on your feet and if all of a sudden you're going ah had da, ba, da, da, ba <laughs> you need someone to step in and say tell them that we'll send them pizza that
3: first one sounded exactly like kevin spacey in the negotiator yeah, i didn't
4: see that <laughs> Wasn't there some stupid twist where he was in fact the in on it or something? Who I don't remember. I blocked it out of my
3: memory. All right. there, that might have been spoiler. Of course, you're supposed to say spoiler beforehand, but whatever. Yeah. Well, we are uh, pretty much done here with hostage negotiation. We're going to leave a whole section untouched on becoming a hostage negotiator. Sure. You can find that in the article uh, "How Hostage Negotiation Works." You can type in hostage, I imagine on the handy search bar at HowStuffWorks.com, which means it's time for listener mail. No, no, Josh. No. Not today. Okay. Uh, No
4: listener mail. We're going to do a little Kiva update, like we are one to do. Okay.
3: So you want to go ahead and give the plug? Yeah, man. We uh, started a Kiva team. uh, Kiva.org, K-I-V-A.org is a microlending website, a socially responsible one, which means you don't make any interest on your loans. You can loan as little as 25 bucks to people in developing countries and now the U.S. Sure. Um, uh, entrepreneurs who are trying to become self-sufficient through their businesses. Uh, they're little tiny loans that make a huge difference elsewhere in the in the world. Indeed. Uh, and uh, we are kicking bottom on this.
4: We are, man. And I'm proud of the Stuff You Should Know Army because you guys are responding, and this is really, really cool. We challenged the Colbert Report, <laughs> or I like to call it the Colbert Report. Yes. And we actually made a video where we chastised him. Yeah, which you
3: probably never see, but just know well, well, this. If you, watch, uh, if you watch the Colbert Report, scoff while you watch it, right? I'm thinking of Chuck <laughs> and I and the Stuff
4: You Should Know Army. People have responded in a big way, and it's going great, and hopefully the Colbert Report will take notice because that will make even more money for Kiva. And it might get us on his
3: show. Chuck is just chomping at the bit to get on his show. So, well, yeah, if you Jeff. want to join the Stuff You Should Know uh, Kiva team... Please do. Please do. Um, you can go to www.kiva.org slash team slash stuff you should know. And that will take you right there. Uh, plus, there's a pretty picture of Chuck on there. Yeah,
4: me and Emily, actually. It's a picture of... Uh, we have, you know, she's on my team. I was
3: talking about our picture
4: Oh no no no. Uh, on the member page though, if you're curious of what my wife and I look like yeah. together, yeah. Then you can surf through the member page and see couple.
3: It. Is that the one that's your uh, screensaver on your iPhone too? Yeah, it's it's one of the best pictures I have Pretty. of us. It's very nice. Uh, thank you. Uh, and how about the blogs real quick? Yeah, we both uh, run a blog
4: and I'm going to I've been a little lazy with it lately. I'm going to get back on off the schneid. Um, you can access the blog on the blogs page uh-huh. which you can find on the right side of the houseofworks.com. Right, I just barely spit that out. So that's where you can find it. Yeah. Go Uh, interact.
3: Yes, go interact. It's a pretty cool blog. We like it a lot. Uh, If you have an email, or if your name is Aisha Tyler and you have never listened this far before in a podcast, you can send us an email to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com.
1: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Want more HowStuffWorks? works? Check out our blogs on the howstuffworks.com homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?
0: Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's safe, COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today.
1: Hey, everyone. The Easter Bunny is coming early this year. That's right, Easter is Sunday, March 31st, and with free in-store pickups, CVS makes it easy to get everything you need for brilliant baskets and happier hunts. You can find delightful toys, Peeps-themed egg decorators, pre-filled Easter eggs packed with goodies, and so much more. So hop to it and get your order fast with free CVS pickup. Visit cvs.com Easter for details.